Hi, in today's episode, we have Ishan Sharma. Ishan is the founder of Karva, which Ishan will tell us about. What is very interesting for me is that Ishan is a history student and a history buff, which is very rare in today's time. He conducted his first successful walk with the famous Suhail Hashmi, which was to Tughlaqabad in the month of September 2019. But currently, due to the pandemic, Karva is not organizing walks; rather, they've been organizing webinars. from april 2020 which he's going to tell us more about they have invited very prominent historians and the interactions have been shared on their facebook and youtube live karva has successfully also hosted historians like romila thapar professor andre work rana safi and many others more than 30000 people are now associated with karva but to me in this whole world where everyone is just struggling to get their seat into the medical colleges and into the engineering colleges it is so refreshing to meet somebody like ishan and you're my first student on my podcast uh, ishan who is pursuing history with the kind of passion that you have so before we start talking to each other you know to me i just feel that indian history definitely deserves attention as more than just being that battleground and playground you know with the conquerors and the emperor and you know who won which war and the dates that we had to remember forever so what is your take and uh, do you think that the books would need change um how did you choose history where are you from ishan and like i said you're my first student on the podcast so please let the listeners know all about this welcome ishan today i'm a pleasure to be here uh yes history is very important you know because when the present uh, regimes all over the world seek legitimacy from the past it becomes very important for the people to also understand how uh, past works in the present also so it is a constant dialogue between the past and the present which we have to understand and uh, unfortunately we do not do that uh that is one reason why we have to suffer a lot and we have we are victims of uh, victims of our own past unfortunately why would you say that ishan i'd like you to explain a little bit more as to when you say that we don't want to accept and understand or read our past is it because everybody just wants to forget what happened day before yesterday and continue to look forward is that why it is uh, no they do remember what happened but you know th- many of us have a very romanticized idea of history uh through whatsapp and other sources they do not read up books unfortunately you know there's a whole propaganda that goes on that shows indian ancient past as a golden age which i i personally do not feel there was a golden age so uh, the the need of the r is to read up professional historians whom we do not respect uh, like professors like professor romila thapar irfan habib and other historians we have to read them and it is very important to read them actually rather than just taking your information from whatsapp forwards is that a struggle for you shan because you are really among a whole lot of people who are really digitally educated and you know reading of books and libraries are really a very old fashioned and i don't know how many people really queue up outside a library and go and sit there i mean you'll be able to throw more light on this yes uh you know uh, the only constant in this universe is time and change so with time technologies have evolved and now you have ebooks more readily available than books uh, 
so people do not really go out and line up for bookstores to when when they release books i do line up i do surely visit the bookstores that is my favorite place after all and i i am a book holder so i i get a lot of books from bookstores different bookstores people of my generation who are who are in their 20s right now early 20s and late teens they might understand this uh, because you know ebooks are more accessible and they they do not carry any weight so people usually read up ebooks and i do not have any problem with that but the problem is um, uh, but but the main question is not not the problem but the question is they should read up either through ebooks or through paperbacks hard covers the main thing is we have stopped reading we do not read uh, that habit of reading has gone unfortunately with with the passing of time like our our grandparents generation read a lot of books they have a lot of their piles of books with them they have read urdu books hindi books english books unfortunately we do not we cannot go any further from our textbooks but we have to again reignite that you know do you really uh, think that it can be reignited because the way everybody is really now you know the new thing is audio people don't even want to open up a book they want to listen and uh, you know and then they want to retain that in their brain because books are all turning into audio books and uh, you know for me i of course come from a time when we did not have access to the digital world and television happened when i was in school but then you know it was way later and um, you know so books were the only thing that we could resort to books or painting or music you know those are the things that we could and i love the smell of new books i love going into a bookstore and uh, you know browsing through the number the the cover that's done and then you know the content that's put there together so but i do feel that in today's time you know this would be a struggle to be who you are ishan and do you feel that that there becomes there's a problem in the dialogue between you and uh, you know students of and kids of your age Uh, i don't think so because as i said technologies have evolved and audiobooks um, i also subscribe to audiobooks unfortunately or fortunately whatever you think uh, i also listen to audiobooks when i i go no, to i'm sleep. just being romantic about it because you know i mean that's the kind of nostalgia that we've had for sure audiobooks <laughs> make more sense uh, you know for the paper and for the wood and the rest of the entire you know <laughs> environment yes uh, but also the way you like really canvassing about books and reading and like you rightly said that there are very few people who read anymore would it be a problem for you to explain yourself because history is so important even if you're a you know a math major you're doing your uh, engineering you're doing your medical history is a very important part for you to be part of today's politics also you know for us to understand from where what happened so do you feel that there's a gap in uh, you know your equation with um the students uh, who are your friends or is it has things changed today and people are you know opening up to the importance of understanding where we come from uh you uh, you see mohua it's a very good question but it's a very complex question to answer because uh you cannot ever make an ignorant understand history if he is hellbound to not read up if he's held bound to understand not understand the history but a but a mythology but you know you cannot really do anything but uh, my friends and people whom i know 
they have changed their ways of understanding and perceiving history our past in a very different way after they started reading books and uh, our mission in carbon is also to promote professional history books and authors and historians for for a larger public and even if, if even if it is through ebooks even if it is through audio books that's 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 not a matter of worry but i think we should be happy that they they're starting to read at least people of my generation i am i'm more doubtful about people who are in their 50s right now who are the most uh, you know what you can say compulsive users of whatsapp a daily customer of whatsapp university they are the main uh, issue they are unfor- unfortunately believing in whatsapp history and not the professional you know version of history <laughs> i have history. to laugh at that you know <laughs> the whatsapp history so tell me a little bit more about karva i would really like to know i'd like all our listeners to know about karva because it's such an interesting thing that you've done and you've really gathered so many people in this entire you know work how did you think about you know creating this and what was the reason behind it tell us that moment of epiphany for you i studied in kanpur in uttar pradesh and uh, there you do not have any heritage books or whatsoever so you are taught history in a classroom which is which is a very regressive idea but it is a norm in every school people uh, students are taught history in a closed classroom with four walls and door closed so that not the so that the science teacher cannot listen what you are teaching in your history class or or the math teacher who is passing by the class cannot listen to what is being taught in the history class you know that's the main problem so when i went to uh, delhi university for my graduation which i successfully uh, did and graduated last week um, congratulations thank you so much so when i uh, when i got into delhi university the alsing college i discovered that not even history students are interested in history they are just there to get a certificate or get a degree and just forget about what is being taught so i thought why not we should start some heritage walks maybe uh gather four or five friends of ours and just go to some place and visit that place talk about the architecture the surrounding you know the iconography symbolism in the architecture whatever we have read through books in that way i met uh, during during a book launch somewhere i met one of my mentors sohil hashmi who leads delhi heritage walks in delhi uh, and he's one of the most famous heritage activist in delhi so he, we met and i invited him to lead we used to call it walk the talk and later i, I renamed it as caravan the heritage exploration initiative so sohil sir very kindly accepted my invitation he led our first official walk and uh, we had about 14 15 students from different colleges joining us so that was the beginning of carvan i started it with the with a with a aim to promote our heritage we do not really visit heritage sites anymore you know people often go to lodhi gardens but for other purposes not for <laughs> not sorry for but exploring. i have to laugh at that because i'm from <laughs> delhi and i know what are the other purposes that people go to lodi garden but you cannot deny the fact that that is also a public space you know 
It is a public space for people who live in very, very, you know, confined spaces because during winters, I'm a Delhi girl and during winters, you know, people do their picnics, they pack their bags and with food and they go and, you know, lay out that sheet because I think also when you stay in a city, you take the architecture, you take the fort, you take the monuments, you take all of that for granted. And like you rightly said that history is really taught inside the classrooms and, you know, People, it, it, what saddens me is this, that people don't hesitate to actually write their names down on the, you know, walls there because the understanding of heritage and history is really abysmally low, you know, in India. So this is very, yeah. yes, so this is very interesting, you know, so that's the reason, Nishan, when I heard about Karwan and I said, you know, I need to talk to you and figure out, it'll be lovely for the listeners to tell us one of the, you know, Iconic, uh, to be the iconic places in Delhi would be uh, Qutub Minar, would be Lodi Garden, you know, lo- the Lodi tomb, uh, also the Humayun tomb, which is absolutely stunning. And apart from that, there are so many more. So tell me, you can pick up any one of them and just share with our listeners a little bit about the architecture, the entire, you know, the way they've created and built it years back where it's still held together in spite of the sun, the moon, the rain, the storm and all the ravages all around it. The air that is passed, you know, through the places, the sunlight that passes through those places, you know, the way gender was also divided when you go into the, you know, inside the fort, you know, there is a space separately for women and there's, you know, where they got together and there was a space separately for the men. So maybe just one, uh, you know, um, heritage uh, fort that you would wish to share with our uh, listeners. Uh, I'd love to hear that from you, Ishan. Oh, that would be very academic for the listeners. But, you know, uh, my favorite places in Delhi include a place called Sundar Nursery, which is next to Humayun's tomb. And also Humayun's tomb because, you know, there is a lot of uh, symbolism and architecture. It's it's an iconic building. Humayun's tomb is an iconic building. If you haven't been there, uh, you know, those places were also refugee camps when India partitioned in 1947. So it has a lot of material memory for people who survived partition. It has a lot of memories for people who have been to Delhi and, you know, uh, because that is one of the first places that you visit after Qutub Minar. Yeah, these are my two favorite places. And if you've been there, you will understand how beautiful that is. You cannot really understand with this podcast. You have to visit that. But Let's take uh, people through that trip. You know, so let me tell you about Humayun tomb. Again, of course, like you said, that there is a, you know, there were people after partition, they came in and settled there. But for our listeners who have not traveled to Delhi, uh, you know, I still remember going in for a festival there of Muzaffar Ali and he had done this um, festival with uh, Abida Parveen and Asad Debu, who's uh, now the late Asad Debu. And uh, the entire fort was lit up, you know, uh, it was on a full moon night and there's a little moat there and the moat is still Mm. there. They'd fill it up with water and there was, you know, water lilies there and Asad Debu actually submerged with this entire, you know, angarakha that he wore and he was like this flower inside that water. And then, of course, in the night, you know, one could hear Avida Parveen sing. And it was like the silhouette of the fort at the back. And right now when I'm talking to you, I can see it. I sat there mesmerized because Delhi used to have such amazing cultural festivals in the forts. Also in Qutub Minar, there's to be, you know, music shows, I think, for people to also go in and sit and enjoy those places. So coming back to Humayun tomb, you know, 
tell us what is it that makes it it is spectacular you know the fountains those little little things that they built you know i mean one can when you go there one can look back at the opulence the decadence you know of how the kings uh, would have lived so it it is a very very islamic uh, architecture because of the you know the way it is built uh, tell us a little bit more about what is it that's so special for you for humayun to i would not uh, agree with the term islamic architecture for various reasons because uh, there is nothing called islamic architecture because what are the three main elements of uh, islamic architecture that we perceive uh, there is this arch there, arch, there is yes. dome mm-hmm. and there is minarets yes three f- features that we call uh, islamic architecture but if you go to through history arches were made by the romans minarets are not islamic you won't see any minaret in any of the mos- mosques anywhere in the world you'll only find it in india in delhi they didn't have a minaret the purpose of minaret in a mosque as told by many people is to call people for the prayers the azan yeah but if you but if you ever go to a, go to go to the top of a minaret and speak from there nobody can hear you you know and uh, i was talking about the arch so the, the romans were the first builders in europe perhaps the first in the world to fully appreciate the advantage of the arch the vault and the dome the earliest arches used in churches were of the romanesque style that is you know rounded or semicircular in the same way that the classic roman arches were shaped domes uh, the most important feature of the islamic architecture as we perceive have been found from early mesopotamia which may explain the form spread they are found in persia hellenistic roman empire chinese architecture in the ancient world as well as among a number of contemporary indigenous building traditions you know so the domes of european renaissance architecture spread from italy in the early modern period while domes were frequently employed in ottoman empire at the same time so you'll see domes in many churches in in europe so all these uh, things are made by th- all these three elements we have now eliminated so we cannot call it an uh, uh, islamic architecture but yes um, humayun's tomb was commissioned during the reign of you know Jalaluddin Akbar Akbar the Great 6 years after Humayun slipped on the staircase of his personal library and observatory this massive mausoleum contains about 100 graves the most famous being of Humayun you know and you see it is constructed in sandstone and white marble between i think 1560s uh, 70s uh, you know so the most intriguing aspects of humayun's tomb is the prevalence of the six pointed star a hexagram the same which is commonly associated with judaism today and you know therefore it is particularly striking so these are some symbol symbolism iconography that is present the star is also represented at shakti in hindu traditions so it is not particularly uh, a islamic feature star is also there as star of david in islam and uh, christianity and other religions 
So the choice of hexagon symbol was likely Akbar's since there is no record of Humayun's use of this symbol as a kind of homage to his father's, um, you know, love for his, for astrology. So I think that that symbolography and that iconography is my favorite part of the whole architecture. So that is, if you are ever visiting Humayun, just notice these things. I think it will be interesting for all the listeners to just visit Humayun's tomb after this conversation. Absolutely. I will go and search for it for sure. Because I don't think I took, you know, I I noticed it. And uh, like you rightly said that we took history just within the closed, uh, you know, classroom doors and, you know, whatever was given to us in the book. And we had to pass the exam because I don't know too many kids who really took up history. And, uh, you know, we invariably, as a humanities uh, student, you thought of economics or you thought of English. But history was always like the second subject in choice. And I think it's, uh, you know, that really puts us, it's such a, it sets us back. We're not, uh, you know, being academically, um, we don't academically understand history and its nuances. And the things that, you know, uh, affects today's world and today's conversation, um, you know, politically and, uh, you know, historically as to how uh, history itself is culture. So, uh, tell me a little bit more, Ishan, about uh, Kanpur and what was that influence for you for history? Was it your parent or um, how did you just decide to choose history as a subject? From a very young age, I've been reading history books thanks to my grandfather uh, who used to read books for me and who used to tell me many, many anecdotes from Indian history and Bollywood history, especially Hindi cinema's history. So that intrigued me to really get into reading more quiz books and more history books at a very young age. And also considering the fact that I was not too good in science, so <laughs> I made this decision to uh, study humanities with, a, with the aim to do civil services, to get into the services and be an IS officer or whatnot. That was my initial uh, motivation of joining uh, humanities because after all, uh, because of the stereotypes and what we think about humanities, it is not a very charming field. Especially I think things are changing now, Ishan. It's changing. It is changing now, for, now good, for yes. really for the good because I mean, I remember as a child, I used to, I hated mathematics and I was obviously inclined towards humanities, but everybody, they just don't want to give you that, you know, that whole sense of uh, unworthiness you feel when you're among everybody who's like applying for the engineering colleges or the medical colleges in here, you're sticking out like one sore thumb because you like literature, you know. So, but I, I know I'm very hopeful. I'm very optimistic about uh, the new generation. I think we are really uh, going to have a generation that's going to be so much more aware, so much more, because I think COVID also has been such a learner for a lot of people. I know it's been really bad for the economy for a whole lot of people who've lost their lives, but also at a certain level, you know, I think people have started going back to our roots and there's been this huge, uh, you know, hue and cry, I think, in the Indian media about made in India, learn about India, travel within India. You know, I would think that people are going back and trying to understand where we come from. And that would also give us a context as to who we are as human beings in the years to go ahead. And um, so, you know, if people were to get in touch, so tell me the karwa that you do, are the heritage walks only in Delhi or is it elsewhere in India too? It's only in Delhi and it's only for students. Okay. So, we can't come there. 
<laughs> but now that you are i mean now that i'm in your podcast you have to give me that special yes, turn definitely we yeah. we are guest yes i would be your guest and i would love to do the walk with you because i took all of those places for granted and it's now that i am in bangalore i really <laughs> miss uh, so when i go down to delhi i make it a point to go and visit some of the places and i'm just standing in awe looking back at the you know colossal uh, work that uh, you know that just stares straight ahead at you and you and you transported into time which you cannot understand or even uh, use the greatest of your intellect to delve into uh, you know the meticulousness with which those th- the monuments were built and the forts were built and how you know the entire sewage system to the air to everything that was done so ishan this has been an honor for me because you're the first student who's on my podcast and i and to me i'm so optimistic with um, young kids like you uh, if i may use that word with young people like you who i know is going to be the torch bearer for us going ahead and um, if people were to find you in delhi and they were to get in touch with you how should they go about it please share with us your details ishan uh sure so those who thought this was interesting thank you so much everybody uh, will find this interesting ishan everybody all my listeners will <laughs> yes let's hope for the best absolutely and uh, you all can get in touch with me through instagram and facebook or just simply write to me through email Uh, our email address is karwan k a r w w a n heritage at gmail dot com, and we'll get back to you. I'll get back to you as soon as I get your email. So that's the best way to reach out to me. So you can find Ishan on Karwan Heritage at gmail dot com. Karwan spelled with K A R W A A N H E R I T A G E at gmail dot com. Thank you so much, Ishan. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Mohan. To you, our dearest listeners, you can find us on your favorite streaming services. Find us on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, and of course, all other major streaming services. With loads of love, we are Moody Mohan's podcast, where Hatke is hot. <laughs>